Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service in the sharing of God's Word. This is where we study, abide, and learn uh, in our personal journeys along our daily walk with Christ. And if there's one thing that I know for sure, that is, there is our way and there's God's way. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to again come together, to gather, to fellowship, to dine and feast and be nourished by your word. God, we pray for your grace and and continued mercy upon our lives. Uh, We thank you for your protections. We thank you for your discernment and your wisdom and your divine order as you have ordered our steps, know where we should go and where we should be, and and that you have given us that. You have given us the gift of peace, and you've given us the gift of salvation through the uh, sacrifice of your only begotten Son. God, we pray that uh, you use me as your messenger to deliver your word to your people, that it uh, pierce their hearts and minds, and that it help them to live more fulfilling, peaceful lives. All of this we ask and pray in your precious Son, Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today I want to I talk about kindness, something we could all use a little, a lot more of. And kindness is not weakness. Kindness is a character trait of having a mind like Christ, being a member of the body of Christ, being a Christian. It is something that should be displayed. We, we all know that we live in a world filled with hate, um, vile behaviors, mistreatment, uh, rudeness, disrespect, and all manner of evil. There is no end in sight uh, for this downward spiral this world is headed. I'm sure that comes as no surprise to, to, to many of you. In fact, people have, have become accustomed to dealing with this unnecessary and fruitless strife uh, in their lives. Some even go so far as to adopt uh, the uh, same repulsive and uh, despicable behaviors as, as a means of survival. The, the whole win in Rome adage or uh, perhaps the gold-plated rule, I'm going to treat you how, you how you treated me. That's not the solution. It is not the solution. Uh, Today's text comes from the book of Ephesians. Uh, It's a book known for its its sage wisdom and and knowledge. It it teaches us uh, about hope. Uh, It teaches us about the root of our problems, often found on the inside, and also our our true enemies. So in in addition to the source of, of all unity. Uh, the, this insight helps us to transform uh, our lives with the purpose of living as one humanity unified in love. One humanity unified in love. So I'm going to read from Ephesians uh, chapter 4 and 
I'm going to start with verse 22, and I'm going to read from the NIV, New International Version. Ephesians 4, I'm going to read starting at chapter, uh, chapter 4, starting at verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind, in verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. That last verse, be kind to one another and compassionate and forgive as we have been forgiven. The title topic for today is, is Be Kind or Leave. Be kind or leave. Um, I borrowed that from my doctor's office where the sign at checkout said, Be nice or leave. We're going to talk about kindness. Those verses that I just read are almost the polar opposite of what we see on social media as we scroll through, what we see when we're driving our car down the street, what we see on television programming, what we, what we, all around us, almost the polar opposite, which is a travesty in and of itself. There's no reason for us to be that way, but yet we are, and here we are. So when I say be kind or leave, I'm going to explain myself in that regard. Being kind is a trait of, you can probably see where I'm going with it, Christians being in the body of Christ, having a mind of Christ. Being kind is a character trait of a Christian. That does not mean being a wimp by any stretch of the imagination. The world will try to say that, but that's not the truth. Nothing could be further, again, from the truth. It does, however, mean to seek uh, give, bring, and sow kindness. If you are not doing that, you are giving the body of Christ and all Christians a bad name. We'd prefer you leave than, than do that. Um, it makes it harder for those of us who are trying to spread the word and spread the gospel, and they look, well, look at you. 
Look at your people. Look at how they behave. They're no different from the world. We should be set apart. Not to put ourselves better than, but to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Very big difference. We're not to be looking down on other people. We're supposed to be so internally focused on ourselves that we don't see their behavior and their actions and what they're doing. We see what we're doing and correct that and let that be our primary focus, right? And then that can be an example for them to see. So you, you may be familiar with the saying, if it looks like a duck, talks or quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, then it's a duck. We can learn a lot from that by applying it to ourselves. Again, you can probably see where I'm going with this. Look like a Christian. To be clear on this point, I am not in any way referring to or implying or even suggesting or relating this to our outward appearance. That's not what I'm saying. While it probably doesn't need to be stated, but dressing up in your Sunday best, your church flow, your your best hat, your expensive perfume or cologne, nice shoes, and going into a building once a week, twice a week, does not automatically make you a Christian. Many Christians do this on the regular, true Christians, but there are also many with uh, ill intent. Uh, they're not walking with Christ. They, they, they're, they're not having, they don't have a, a mind of Christ, and it's, it's a ritual. It's a going through the motions. It gives the appearance, but inside, in the heart, in the mind, no. So these people can be seen as, as wolves in sheep's clothing, appearing to be safe, innocent, with good intentions, but have wicked intentions in mind. Beware. Oh, and please don't be one of them. I'm going to read from Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 from the Amplified, which breaks it out a little bit more. Here it says, strip yourselves of your former nature, put off and discard your old, unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature, the regenerated self created in God's image, godlike in true. So that, that further expands it, talking about renewing and refreshing. And this is a process. It's not a one and done. In, in, in this metaphor of an expression, we're compelled to change our principles, our values, our habits, and our, our way of being. How, how, how we conduct our affairs. In, in other words, it is to change, uh, a, a change that occurs at the soul level. Inside job. This must happen for us to change our way of living from sin to righteousness. It, it's, it's ridding ourselves of our corrupt and sinful nature, who we used to be, before surrendering and giving our lives to Christ. I read a quip or a meme that says, um, if you're upset with who I used to be, then you're upset with someone whom I'm not. And don't judge me off of that. It, 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 is, it is a regeneration 
generation, regenerating, rejuvenating. And again, it happens on the regular. So even in the absence of great sins, those are easy to identify, we must remember that we, all of us, are born sinful by nature. That's how we were born. That's how we were arrived. So we are therefore susceptible to wickedness and corruption and all manner of evil. We can be influenced to go to the dark side. Luke. Sin allowed to seep in can corrupt the entire being over time um, if it allowed if it is allowed to grow and 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 fester uh, undisturbed like like a little weed that can grow and sprout into a tree if allowed untouched undealt with so in when we're inviting Christ into our lives the the Holy Spirit then lives in us in a way it's like applying commercial grade weed killer to sin. Very effective if we allow it to be applied, if we allow that application. And, and yes, it requires more than just one application. Thankfully, there's an abundant and infinite supply of that spirit, of the Holy Spirit to help us. So what sin do you mean, Pastor Nate? Well, okay, well, spell it out. Lust, both of the flesh and materially. And I'd have a problem with staying loyal and faithful, but that doesn't mean that, gee, I want that vehicle or those clothes or that house or that electronic gadget or what somebody else has. You can lust after material things. Greed, gluttony, lying, cheating, deceitfulness, envy, jealousy, just to name a few. Those are going on in our minds then they can go on in our hearts, and then we can do them. But I would never, never say never. Well, one little bit, well, I'm just gonna, just a, a little bit here, it'll, it'll be okay. May not seem like a big deal. Like a seed, when you plant it, and you allow it to grow, it can cause significant problems and issues in our lives. Was it saying that sin will take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you're willing to pay, and keep you longer than you were planning to stay? Um, very applicable here in, in this context. Not only can it cause issues in our lives, it can cause issues for others, like loved ones, friends, uh, people we care about, um, not just limited to ourselves. So we can take others down with us. Well, you see, well, they may have a choice. If they're following your example, if you are helping to lead them in a life that they should go, if they look up to you, if they value and respect you, it's good for the goose. It's good. Well, I can do that because this person is professing this and they're doing that. So it's okay for me to do that. We need to rise up to striving for a God, for, for godly living. To, to try on and, and fit into a new self-laboring uh, to, to, to life, to, to live a life that's pleasing in God's sight, plain English. So wearing that new garment with humility, knowing where you came from, sinful nature, that it was a gift that allows you, nothing you did, nothing I did, nothing anybody did other than God through Christ. So there is an expected code of conduct 
um, at times. For example, wearing a, a, a military uh, a garment, right, with, with reverence and respect. When in that military uniform, there are behaviors that are considered uh, unbecoming of the character and nature of belonging to that reviled institution. They are forbidden to not be caught behaving and carrying on in a, a, a manner that is beneath the standard of this institution of which you have reverence and respect. That, that same thing applies to being a member of the body of Christ. Again, it's not striving for perfection, but, but there is a standard. You're wearing similar articles of clothing. You're just wearing it on the inside. It's not the dress and style. Again, it's not the external. It's in your actions and your behaviors and your words. It, it, it is in who you are. It, 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 if it permeates in the fibers of your being, people are going to know. Again, not expecting there to be uh, perfection, but there is an expectation that you will carry yourself in accordance with the values, principles, beliefs, and commands of the God that you serve. We all falter. I get that. But when we willfully disobedient, when we go and do things, when we know better, when we've got conviction inside of us, yeah, I'm not supposed to, I, I, if I'm tempted in that area, never going to find me being overly tempted by liver. It's not something that has any appeal. But better keep a close eye on me when it comes to ice cream, especially chocolate. Um, the team you belong to, being in the team uniform, the, the kingdom you represent. It, it must become a habit, resistant to, what did I just say, temptation, or being misled. By this way, this look is an inside-out thing. It's far less about the external ornamentation and mainly about the internal orientation. Through the power of God, you have become a new creature. creature imitating the likeness and holiness of God. What would be next? Talk like a Christian. How many times have you heard a person speak and you immediately knew there was something different about them? Uh, not because of their eloquence or word choice, but moreover, there was a distinct presence, a power, or and, and even a, a peace about them speaking. They're not speaking to impress. In fact, the, the, the subject was probably of little concern, um, as was the messenger. What mattered most is what you took away in the message. There, there was a profound truth about what they were offering. Speak like a Christian. Here in Ephesians, I'm going to read a couple different verses from the Amplified. First, I'm going to start with Ephesians 4.25, Amplified. Therefore, rejecting all falsity and being done now with it, let everyone express the truth with his neighbor, for we are all parts of one body and members of members one of another. And then verse 29, chapter 4, 29, Amplified, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech 
as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. That is pretty plain English and not that difficult to understand. It, we, we become accustomed to certain behaviors and actions, and we then start to do them repeatedly over and over, and then they get comfortable, and before we know it, we're so far away from where we should be, where we started, because we got comfortable with something that we should not have become comfortable with. So practice, it takes what they say, about 21 days to develop a habit of, of repeatedly doing that. That can work. You can develop good habits and bad habits. Almost everything works, both in good and in bad. So I, I could simply say here, stop lying, embellishing, boasting, offering uh, alternative facts, or flat-out storytelling, things that aren't even remotely true, that you just made up in your head, that, that has no truth. And I can just leave it at that. But I won't. Why? Because it's, a, it's essential to point out here that souls are at stake here. You, you, you heard the, the scripture when it talked about others. I just, just spoke about how we can influence, how we can lead others to or away from Christ. Some are hurting and need to hear a healing word. There are those who are lost and need to be led to freedom. There are those who have been taken advantage of, lied to, and are thirsting for the truth. Then there are those who have been lied on and their reputations tarnished. They're, they're seeking hope of, of peace uh, to flow from the, the mouth of many. They're seeking hope and peace to, to flow the truth. What we say bears great weight. This is especially true if you have outright stated or even given the impression that you walk by faith, believe that Christ died for your sins so that you can be saved, and profess to be a member of the body of Christ or having the mind of Christ. You've made those statements, proclamations, or implied it or led others to believe it. What you say matters. It carries weight. You don't have to be in the pulpit. You don't have to have any official title or rank. As a matter of fact, not having those makes you more like people will view you as like me, and they are more inclined to mimic that behavior. There's formal leaders, but there's also the power of informal leaders. And that's a responsibility, one that should be executed with great caution and care. Uh, yes, it's simple to, to, to say we should not be using uh, offensive or foul or wicked language. We shouldn't be tearing people down. We, we shouldn't be sounding like the world and not even being able to tell the, the, the distinction between the two. Uh, but the same and even worse damage can be done using nice words 
bless your heart, but delivered with sarcasm, ill intent, piousness, disdain towards the intended receiver. It can be even more damaging because it's confusing. I'm hearing all these nice words, but I know you're, you're, sh you're casting shade. You're talking bad. You're, you're insulting me. You're talking down to me. Don't be fooled. I think you're just, okay, it's all well and good. I'm using these nice words. God knows what's in your heart, regardless of the words that you use. As an ambassador of Christ, a man made in God's image, you have the responsibility of upholding a royal standard. Yes, we are familiar in this world with royal families and how they conduct themselves. Well, you are part of the king of kings family, the royalty of royalty, well over that. And not going through all of the rituals and the stoic falsehoods of trying to project the image of perfection. With, no, this is real. This is when you get knocked down. How do you react and respond? When bad things happen, when things don't occur like you expect them to, who's your God then, right? Are you remaining true to your faith? Are you still having belief when something doesn't happen or occur like you thought it should or when it should or how it should? When you lose that promotion or when, you, when your car stops working or, or when a bill comes due that you weren't expecting or you, you lose somebody in your life that was more, that was really important to you. Where's your God now is what people are asking themselves as they look at you. They may not be asking you that question, but they are asking themselves that question. And they are looking for you to show and demonstrate in your behavior and your actions where your God is. needs to be here. And with God here, they will see. And then God gets the glory because they know you're not operating in your own strength. Words can lift or level? What are you doing with your speech? Are you building people up or tearing them down? Starts here, connects there, flows out here. Sometimes it bypasses here. Always have that connection. That includes speech spoken face to face and behind the backs of others. Oops, did I just say that out loud? Yes. People can feel you talking about them behind their back. Don't think you're getting away with it. Oh, you're all nice and pleasant in their face. And then before you even get to the car in the parking lot at the church, you're ripping them a new one to somebody. No. Be mindful of the seeds that flow from your mouth. Planted, they germinate into life-giving fruit or weeds that suffocate and strangle the life out of others. That is the power that you wield. Lastly, walk like a Christian, as in walk with Christ. I'm not talking about a cool walk. I'm not talking about a runway. I'm not talking about some entertainment. And they all have their, I got to look this. No, this is the hard walk. And is you probably recall when one of the walks that Christ walked was when he was carrying the cross they were going to crucify him on. We are expected to walk the path that God has chosen for us to walk. That walk will have plenty of hills and valleys and frightening cliffs 
and sunken low points that feel, we feel in, imprisoned, but only for a season. We are not to choose where that path leads and then tell God, hey, this way, over here, that's where we're going. Oh, you design, you're the architect, you, oops, I'm going to read from Ephesians, amplified again, a few different verses, first chapter 4, 26 and 27. 26, when angry, do not sin, do not ever let your wrath, your exasperation, your fury or indignant, and indig, really? indignation 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 thank you <laughs> uh last until the sun goes down 27 leave no such room or foothold for the devil give no opportunity to him and then i'm also going to read verse 30 and do not grieve the holy spirit of god do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own, secured for the day of redemption, of final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Verse 31, let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language, language, be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseless, base, baseness of any kind. And then finally, verse 32, and become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. That, that's just, that's packed in there. There's no way you can talk your way around that and saying, well, it didn't mean, no, it meant what it said. It's very clear. It's quite precise. Go over it and belabor it, but it's pretty clear. At least it is to me. Um, so what do these verses intend to mean? That we should not seek revenge and wrath against others, even those that have wronged us. Leave that to God. He's much, much better at it. That we should not stoop to, to, to fits of rage, blowing up at others, giving them an unholy piece of our mind. That we should refrain from seeking to get even or wishing harm on others as children of God. But instead, show others grace, mercy, and love to conduct ourselves in such a way deliberately, intentionally, and continually without remorse of conviction of the occasional slip-up which grieves the Holy Spirit that leave, lives within us. We should not, we should have remorse. We're going to make mistakes. We should allow that conviction in us to say, don't do that. Uh, uh, uh. Don't beat ourselves up. Don't take it out on somebody else. Don't, don't fall into that trap. But live with intention. One of the strongest deterrents to misbehaving children is, is when the, the, the punishment they receive 
is not corporal, it's not physical, it's not harsh, it's not in the corner, it's knowing that they've disappointed their parents. That is, at least when parenting is, is, is done right. I can hardly imagine then the, the weight on my shoulders that I would feel of repeatedly disappointing God after he has done so much for me. God the parent, as I talked about last Sunday. So much he has done that I did not earn or deserve, but he did it anyhow, as he, I'm sure, has for you. We know there will be challenges in this life. Give thanks anyhow. Others will betray us. Forgive them anyhow, as God has forgiven you, as God has forgiven me, as God has forgiven us. We will be mistreated. Treat others with grace and mercy anyhow. People are going to be mean to us. Treat others with kindness anyhow. People are going to speak mistruths, tell flat-out lies about us. Speak the truth, truth and peace anyhow. People are going to leave us hanging when we are in need. Help and serve others anyhow. People will desert, abandon, or ghost us when we need them the most. Be there for others in need with kindness anyhow. The point here is this. People are going to be people. Enticed by the enemy, persuaded to be wicked, misled by falsehoods, and even intentionally seeking to destroy others because of their own pain and suffering. You've heard the phrase, misery loves company. You, on the other hand, have been saved from damnation, given the grace, mercy, and peace that they seek. Who better to lead those who are lost to the light, to, to the end of their confusion and internal turmoil, than you? Lead by example. In your walk, as you walk, by your walk, with Christ. Being a Christian is, is more than just saying the words. It's more than just putting on an act. Being a Christian begins and ends in our hearts. Walking with Christ requires us to spread love, not hate, bring joy, not sadness, instill peace, not insight turmoil. If we had to sum it all up in the fewest of words, simply stated, it is to be kind. Nothing less. Be kind in your thoughts. Be kind in your speech. Be kind in your actions. Be kind to others. And remember to be kind to yourself. God loves you. You should also love yourself. Father, we, we thank you for this, this time of coming together, this, this time of fellowship, this, this time of learning, this, this time of hearing and receiving of your word, your discipline, your direction, your divine discernment, hearing of the gifts that you have bestowed upon us that we are 
not worthy of receiving, yet you have anyhow. Hearing that this mess in this message of hope and encouragement, Father, I pray that this word lands on the hearts and in the minds of those who are seeking to have a future, who are looking to 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 move up from where they are, if they are hurting. God, let this message be healing balm to them. If they are distrustful, allow this to, to, for them to, to resume trusting in you. If they are doubtful, allow this message for them to return to believing. You are not a man and cannot lie. Your word is your bond. And that we know and we can depend on. And Father, for those who don't have a relationship with you, I pray that they pray this very simple prayer that will allow them to acknowledge you, to begin to start the relationship with you, and then build on it from there. It's called the sinner's prayer, and it goes like this. Pray this prayer with me, if you would. God, I know I am a sinner, and I cannot save myself. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your son Jesus gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place, paying the price for my sin, and rose again so that I may be saved. I ask, Father, that you come into my heart and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. This we ask and pray in your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. If you prayed that prayer, today is the first day of the rest of your life. You have accepted Christ into your life with that prayer. You have begun the relationship of relationships. You, you are saved for all rights. You have an opportunity to receive the gift of salvation the best gift anybody could ever receive. I strongly encourage you to study and immerse yourself in the Word of God, to help build and develop your relationship, get in God's Word, so you will be well-equipped to manage through the challenges that you will inevitably face here on this earth. I have one ask of you. If this message resonated with you, and even if it didn't, I have one ask, and that is, will you please share this message with three other people? That's all you got to do. On whatever platform you're watching or viewing this on, that's the only social media platform you're on, or you're on our website, all of those will allow you to share this message via email, via social media, via text. Three people. That's all I'm asking. What's, what's my motivation? I want to get God's word out to his people. There are hurting people out there. We cannot get this positive message out there enough. It cannot be overdone. There's so much other noise out there that we're hearing that is causing quite a, quite a distraction. I'm trying to plant positive seeds to help bring God's healing to those who are hurting. I thank you in advance for sharing this with three people. Thank you for joining as always. We appreciate your love and support, and I hope you can join us again next Sunday. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose.
thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of God's Word, and that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life. Whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms, we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size. To do so, please visit our website at www.gwtcm.org. That's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.